I just invite you to notice your next breath. Let your lungs take in a little more air than they have perhaps today. Relax, feel your shoulders relax. Relax your jaw. Wherever you are aware that you might be holding energy, just breathe into it. And as you relax your jaw and close your eyes, see before you a blank screen. Just shut down the mainframe of your busy mind. Notice the breath. Notice the lungs. And from that place, let us share a song and a prayer as we move forward on this day of one billion strong. This song we are about to sing speaks of a room with enough love for the whole world. And it's true. It doesn't take more than a handful. Let us be that handful this morning in celebration of a world that works for everyone, a world that blesses and honors its mothers, sisters, daughters. Where there's a wave of unconditional love that circulates this planet, shifting and changing, empowering and resourcing in new and powerful ways. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear for spirit one spirit is in this very room in this very Let us know together as I speak these words in the I am, but they represent each and every one of us. So allow my words to be your words. If not, let them wash over you. Don't waste any energy editing. It's just simply welcome or not. But in this moment, I recognize the perfection of life, the one activity, that activity that lives at the heart and the soul of each and every one of us, that divine self, that perfect self, that authentic self. And I honor that and call that forth within myself in this moment. I know that the ideas, the necessary insights and awarenesses, the words, thoughts, and feelings all come together beautifully and powerfully in service to that high ideal, to that high possibility. I know that something is seeking expression in and through and as all of humanity, and I say yes to what is mine, to receive, to share, to expand, to develop in service to that. And I know that life is blessed by that. And so I stand shoulder to shoulder with a, the tribe of light workers upon this planet, of the alchemist of the spiritual nature, 
and know that something wonderful and beautiful is finding its way in and through and as each and every one of us in this moment. And for this, I give thanks and invite you to say with me, and so it is. All right, and I want to, before we begin with our lesson today, I want to introduce someone to you that has landed upon our doorstep in a beautiful, wonderful way, has been part of our community for a bit, but uh, has now stepped in. This is Linda Freed. Well, we'll go with Lisa Freed, but that's cool. Freed. Lisa Freed. Um, and she is our new volunteer coordinator. So I wanted to introduce her to you in person. If she, you look like, if she's studying you in the, around when you're milling around at the end or before, it's probably because she's eyeballing you for a wonderful position that we have available, just so you know that she's not stalking you, but also that she's a beautiful, wonderful, loving presence and, and has really been a, a joy. Some of the changes and shifts that you've seen a little bit already are, are starting to have been inspired by some of Lisa's uh, insights and awarenesses, and we'll continue to collaborate. So I just wanted to welcome uh, Lisa to our community officially and let you know who she is and, and what she's about, and I'm going to let her share a few ideas as well. Excellent. Well, thank you guys so much for, for having me here. I'm so grateful to be playing a role in, in this. Um, I just wanted to say one quick thing. It's that if you've read in the inserts that there's an opportunity to volunteer and you've ever thought that they're talking to somebody else, that they're meant for somebody else because you don't know enough, you haven't been coming enough, or maybe you've been coming for a while and, you, and you've never said yes to that opportunity. I want you to know that I've felt that same way. And I just invite you to say yes if you're feeling called. And we will find a beautiful spot for you to volunteer and be further in service to this community and grow together. So thank you very much. I look forward to getting to know each and every one of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Yes. So, how love follows the lover. There we are, a beautiful bouquet of roses on this day of love, Valentine's Day. There's still chocolates here and there. That some, uh, Someone actually came in and placed chocolates on each chair, which was quite lovely this morning. And... Uh, so if you were lucky enough to get one, you have one. I have a couple up here I'll be auctioning off after service. So. But quite a lovely gesture on this day of, a day that represents love. And I think, well, how appropriate, one billion rising. You know, we live in a planet and, and a time when one out of every three women will be in some way marginalized or, or brutalized or, you know, horrific acts. In a world that works for everyone, I don't think that's what it looks like. And that's part of what is a movement of people we stand for. And then how do we, so how do we take our spirituality and our consciousness to help uh, shift that and change that? So the ideas expressed today, I think, are a really wonderful fit and an opportunity for that. The book, of course, that we're, one of the books of the four that we are working with over the next several months um, is Spiritual Liberation by Reverend Dr. Michael Beckwith. And he is the... Uh, I met a man who's up here on contract going out the door after first service that attends the Agape Center. And, and uh, so it was a, he said it was really a nice uh, fit for him to come in and find out we were using Dr. Michael's uh, material. And it is a wonderful book, and he's a wonderful teacher and presence upon the planet of what we represent, and, and, and quite a remarkable journey for him. On the uh, next slide is, uh, refers to what we talked about last week, the, the backpack of transformation. 
So what needs to go into that backpack? And the reason I want to revisit it is there was a, someone after the service, now I, I, I talked about it, I laid it out, then I talked about it, and I laid it out again. So three times last week I, I talked about the ideas. And someone came up to me afterwards and said, you never put it all in the backpack. And I thought, really? Okay. So isn't it interesting how our minds needs completion? So in honor of completion today, and also a, a wonderful way to review, uh, I'm going to just touch on them briefly. But is this a picture of you with your backpack when you go camping? Because the idea, he's got his fan there, and he's got his TV set, and he's probably got his, his VCR or whatever the box is that you need to get the signal and all that stuff. But adding more to the backpack, not adding to the backpack also requires some other things leaving the backpack. It's not just simply pouring more in. And so last week we talked about the six principles of what goes into the backpack. The first one, what evolved people do and the, the, the behaviors that they engage in. So evolved people, first and foremost, practice gratitude. They find things to be grateful for all the time. Despite what's going on, what can I be grateful for? Because gratitude duplicates. See, all of these practices are ways to duplicate the feeling tone of, of spirit. So gratitude is number one. They give without agenda. In other words, whatever they have or want to share, and it could be financially, it could be energetically, emotionally, um, um, mentally, wherever, whatever we give, to give without agenda. In other words, we give without expecting to get anything back just because we can. Race to forgive first. Forgiveness is one of the, the key practices to move into the third kingdom of consciousness, which is the consciousness of co-creation, which is exactly what we're talking about today in a different context. But race to forgive first. My teacher, Reverend Catherine Yates, years ago, uh, I went into her office and I did a lot of work one-on-one with her for years and years. Wonderful, wonderful mentor and practitioner and minister. And I shared with her some gossip that I had that I thought was really juicy and she should know about it and we were gonna gossip together. And she just looked at me and said, now I have to go do my forgiveness work. And that was the end of our conversation. But it was great learning for me that she was not gonna engage in that energetic, but in fact, hearing that, she just knew that it was time for her. Wherever she got hooked, she was gonna put that down. First thing she said. View life as celebration, not as a problem to solve. So life truly is, can we celebrate this day? What's to celebrate this day? And to understand when situations and problems arise that something within us does know or someone will step up or or, or the path to take will reveal itself. But then we live in in co-creation. Then we live in this divine intuition with spirit to know that whatever the next step may be will reveal itself and to sometimes wait upon that. You know, there's an old saying, wait upon the Lord. Well, sometimes spirit's denial, delay is not spirit's denial. There may be something for us to learn about this so that we can break the pattern the habitual pattern that is a limitation not only for ourselves but for others. They talk to themselves. Evolved people talk to themselves. So in other words, not to look for the good opinions of others but to go within and ask ourselves, is this for me? Is this true? Does this align me with the greater sense of freedom for myself? And, and to be able to count on that rather than move into that terrain of soliciting opinions from everyone we run into and then trying to match that up which is basically impossible, but to really hold one's own counsel, to have a quiet place in our lives where we can sit and go, hmm, what's mine to do here? Is it my problem or is it my situation? If it's my problem, then there's something I can do about it. If it's my situation, then sometimes we just let it pass by. And so that's, that's divine wisdom as well. Hmm, is this mine to pick up? Is this my battle? Do I die on this hill or 
Maybe this has nothing to do with me. Happiness, they choose happiness over drama. We talked about that, that many people are addicted to drama. They need to have drama in their lives, high life and death situations or what seems like life and death situations to feel alive. And then understanding the value of downtime. So this perhaps is a bit of your downtime. Some of what will happen today is that notice and trust yourself because if there's something that is seeking your attention, it will probably bubble up between the words, between the notes of the music. That's why we do little bits of silence here. We do a beautiful meditation. We had about 70 people this morning for meditation. It was beautiful. And they, they help set the field for us energetically. And it builds. So those of us at Second Service, we, we are beneficiaries of the field of love that gets created. In Abhijani with John of God, they talk about it's the field of unconditional love, and I would say this is very much the same experience. We just don't live in it for 24-7, as they do down there. But hopefully there's a bit of that that's alive for you this day. And I know it is for me. So those were last week. Those are the things that go in the backpack. This week, I want to talk about the ideas of involution and evolution. I touched on that last week, but it's worth uh, revisiting. I talk about imp- the differences between improvement, change, and transformation. Talk about intention and attention. Talk about the, what transformation means. To notice the signs along the way. How do I know I'm improving? How do I know I'm moving in the right direction? Because it is progress, it is not perfection. The value of meditation and then this idea of love beauty. And love beauty is what Dr. Michael calls God. He refused to the infinite, the divine is love beauty, not male or female, both, but an energetic, a vibration, an experience. And how we can take into our lives a practice this week that will help open that doorway for us, wherever we are. So those are the ideas that we're going to touch on today. Quote by John O'Donohue from a wonderful book I'm working with um, um, called Beauty. It's called The Invisible Embrace, Beauty, Rediscover the True Source of Compassion, Serenity, and Hope. And what uh, Mr. O'Donohue writes is, love changes the way we see ourselves and others. Love changes the way we see ourselves and others. So when we are, when we are the lover, when we stand in love, it changes everything for us. It changes the way we see one another we see, and, and how we see others through the lens of love. We feel beautiful when we are loved. And to evoke an awareness of beauty in another is to give them a precious gift that they will never lose. When we say to someone, you are beautiful, it is more than a statement or platitude. It is a recognition and invocation of the dignity, the grandeur, and the grace of their spirit. And so if it's a platitude, or it's just a statement without the energetics of that, that feeling tone, to say to someone, you're beautiful. Those are amazing moments in our lives. O'Donohue also talks about love in this book. There is something in the nature of beauty that goes beyond personality, good looks, image, and fashion. He says, don't confuse beauty with glamour. They're not the same thing. And he says, beauty shows up, beauty shows up briefly. It lingers. It only visits. It doesn't linger. It only visits. 
But to live a life without it is, is to live only half a life. And we live in a, in a world where we've forgotten the power and potency of beauty. What does God look like? Well, God is beauty and love. And that's one of the things I, I really appreciate about Dr. Michael Beckwith's work with this. And on this day of love, Valentine's Day, which represents sweethearts and red and, and all of the colors along with that, it's so appropriate. So involution is, is we have been and are, are enlightened already. We already are enlightened. It's not something that we acquire, it is something that we reveal. We have always been whole and complete, as Dr. Michael says, to awaken to the inner impulse of our true nature. So the seed of, uh, the, the seed of potentiality of who we are already lives within each and every one of us, uniquely and beautifully. And the evolution of that is stepping onto this, this bridge of transformation and fulfillment to develop that and to get, grow that and to, to express that. And that's a lifelong journey. That's not a destination we finally arrive at, but it's a, it's a lifelong journey of, of building and growing that consciousness. So that's the evolution. So the involution is the inherent nature of who and what we are, and then the evolution is we either develop that or we don't. Dr. Michael talks about the difference between improvement, change, and transformation. S- improvement is something that we up-level, like the new and uh, powerful Tide, you know, or, or the whatever product you use to wash clothing is new and improved. There's a lot of things that are new and improved. But they're very subjective to, based on conditions, the world conditions of are they new and improved, do they work, all this stuff. So that's this idea of improvement. It's always subject to fluctuation. And then we move to change. When something shifts, in our consciousness along with a corresponding change in our behavior. So when we no longer bite on the old hook that used to trigger us, but it still, it still, it still bothers us, but we, we don't bite anymore. It's part of the journey, it's part of the practice. We, we refrain. We don't repress, we refrain. No, I'm not going there. It's huge work to say, no, I'm not going there, to realize we actually have a choice when we're confronted by those old things that, you, that hook us. And it's because we have genuinely changed. But we can still go back there. We can still forget and, and slide back into that old pattern. Transformation, transformation, on the other half, includes change. But change is not part of transformation. Transformation involves change. I'm sorry. Change has its limitations because it involves human will. We're still involved with it egoically. Transformation is limitless since it stems from evolving an expression of the authentic self. So it's a whole different experience. It's a whole different language. It captures us. It's a grace. It's a joy. It's a beauty. It's those beautiful qualities that we read about in in great poetry and, and beautiful writers like John O'Donohue. He's written some of the most beautiful books I've ever read. He's a, really a good friend of uh, poet David White. They used to do tours through Ireland together. And the reason I say used to is because John O'Donoghue died a couple years ago. And so the, David White is now doing it by himself. He takes groups of people, small groups of people, and they go to the various places in Ireland and they visit the pubs and they visit the sacred sites and the traditions. And they hang out and read poetry. And it's something I always thought, you know, that'd be a great job. I'd like to go sometime, all that stuff. So it's on my bucket list, by the way. Intention and attention. 
Dr. Michael talks about that in, the, in this chapter. Intention is the, the power of intention creates. The law, you know, the secret. Anybody seen the movie The Secret besides me? But the power of intention creates. We have come here to create. In fact, Donahue writes about it beautifully in his book. We're here to create. And we get to create whatever we want because we've been given free will. And, also, and some people, all they know how to create is, is negativity. And, and I mean, one third of the, one out of three women on the planet will, be, will not be honored and respected. We're here to take care of one another. I mean, we're here to care for one another. How do we create something like this? You know, when I was a young man, I, I was going to tell the story at the first service, and I didn't. But, you know, there's a situation in, in Flint, Michigan right now around water. And they've got a lot of information now. But what they know is that part of what's happened there, a big part of it, has been neglect. That people that are in positions of, of the public welfare have neglected their opportunities and the resources to put in infrastructure so everyone can have clean, healthy water. That's the role of those of us that we, we elect people to the city positions that we, we, we hope we can trust. And yet whatever's happened is in that situation, it has been the misuse of resources for whatever reason. When my, when my father, I grew up in a small town, and I thought about this about my dad, because I had a lot of healing stuff to do with my dad. But he was the town mayor. And at one point in time, they wanted to put in new water lines because it was a farming community. And we all had these septic tanks. And, you know, and, uh, when you live out in the, on the acreages, you don't have city water and, and sewer. But they finally were going to put that in, and so he decided as mayor that he would get that done, and they did it. But what happened was, his, because of tearing up the main street in our town, which was small, um, his business went bankrupt. And I thought about that, and I thought, here was a guy who knew that it would impact his business. I don't think he thought he would go bankrupt, but he did, for the greater good. And I thought about that today when I was thinking about how, when we... When we're motivated by greed in our own agendas and not in service to a greater good, it impacts all of us. It's just a reflection of what's precious to us. And I thought about my dad, and I said a prayer of of thanks to him today because it was a huge sacrifice for him to do that, and yet he knew that it would serve so many people. And, And so we live in a world where, you know, I watch some of those debates that are going on in the States because I get to vote. And, uh... I don't, uh, this is my filter. They always say never talk about sex or politics, but here I go. Anyway, <laughs> but I don't hear anybody addressing what I think are, are meaningful, impactful solutions. There's a lack of vision. It's a pointing finger and saying, well, so-and-so who's in office now uh, is doing a lousy job, so let, put me in there because I'll do a better job with the system that's not working anyway. And not a, I don't think addressing some of the issues of consciousness and caring and compassion that are really going to help make the significant shifts. I really, you know, I mean, I don't want to sound cynical or that I give up because I, I know there's hope and I know that this too shall pass because I believe, I believe in, I believe in humanity. I believe in the divinity that lives within everyone. And so I believe that solutions are being given birth to. But to continue to maintain the ways of being and doing uh, that we've seen witnessed when so many are suffering in so many ways, I think is just unacceptable. And, and I stand in a tribe of people that I believe that, that we can have a world that works for everyone. So that we're not having a billion strong every Valentine's Day in support of, of people that are being oppressed. I mean, our women, our moms, our daughters, our sisters, 
or mothers or grandmothers. I mean, it's, it's just, to me, remarkable that this, in this day and age with so many resources, so much communication, that there can still be so much collective suffering. So when we, when we talk about what's important, I, I think for me, I, I just, I think there's a new a possibility for all of us. And the only way it can be given birth is if we embody the consciousness and allow that consciousness to guide us and lead us, do what is ours to do, take a stand for a greater yet to be. So I think that's an impactful spirituality. So intention and attention. Am I still there? There they are. Transformation requires that our intention align with our attention. The power of intention creates. The power of attention maintains our focus on our creative intention. So we make a decision, and then we continue to ask ourselves throughout our, our days, our day, <clears throat> is this in alignment with the intention that I set, that I'm giving my attention to? Because that which we dwell upon, we become. And so it's to embody that consciousness. Where do you consistently or do I place my attention? So I want to hear, I want to know about this situation with one billion strong. But my attention is on the solutions and to know that everyone in this conversation that cares has got everything they need to move forward. My, Dr. Michael talks about this on page 30 in his book here. And we have these books in the bookstore now, if you're interested. Spiritual Liberation. He says, Transformation occurs when we think and act from our true nature, which has no habits, no addictions, no likes or dislikes, which is simply pure being. So when we express a quality such as love, it is unencumbered without expectation of receiving something in return. It is agendaless. It is love for the, its own sake. And when we transform, we retain, all of its, we retain all that is authentic in our human personality, even endearing little quirks, but we no longer cause harm to ourselves or to others. It's possible to live that way. Dr. Michael Beckwith says, a genuine intention to transform is an invitation for spiritual lightning to strike and reveal our self-sabotaging habits, pointing us in the direction of what must be released so that we may evolve into our next dimension of being. And that's awareness. That's what awareness is all about. That's what waking up is all about. Is this serving me? And if it's not serving me, let's go about the business of changing it. And how do I do that? Well, we, we, we ask for help. We ask for guidance. We ask for help. Very few of us can do this on our own. I certainly, I wouldn't be here today with you if it hadn't been for some really impactful, amazing teachers in my life. And so it's that mentoring and continuing to be mentoring. I still have mentors in my life because I understand the value of that. It helps accelerate it. So there will be signs along the way. Transformation requires that, yeah. And there's our sign along the way, encouragement. That's somewhere, obviously, in North America. I don't know where it is, but it's a perfect sign. Encouragement. We need people to help validate our journey. What does it look like? What is their journey... And part of it with the signs along the way is he says we must first decide we're going to evolve. We must first make the decision that we're here to evolve and grow, to grow and learn. We're either here for that or not. And then a willingness to stand before the tribunal of our own introspection with compassion and loving kindness for what we observe and have the 
the rug of our patterns and beliefs pulled out from underneath us. So this stuff worked up to this point, but now it has to go. What got me here won't get me there. He says that we initially encounter, we initially encounter a spiritual high. We find this stuff and we go, oh my gosh, this is great. I did this class or I went to this workshop or I have this new practice and, and it's there's sort of this spiritual high. You know, like, oh my God, I remember the first time I ever meditated. I, I went to the Transcendental Meditation Center and they gave me my mantra and I was meditating and, and I had a mystical experience. It, it was like my, my body, my spirit left my body and I was doing backflips in the air above my body. It was like, whoosh, whoosh. Thought, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And then I spent the next 10 years trying to duplicate that experience. It was so wonderful and it never happened. But as Dr. Michael Beckwith says, we're not here to get high, we're here to get free. High is not the goal. But I know a lot of people that think, man, I had this experience and I'm going to recapture that experience. Well, that experience is part of the symptom of the experience, but it's not the goal. And part of that work is the, 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 the daily practice of saying, I get up and do my meditation. Why do you do your meditation? Because it helps ground me and, and presence me so I can be more effective in everything I do. We're not here to get high. We're here to get free. So the signs along the way. First of all, one of the signs you'll notice is if you're, you're still triggered by, by um, blame or praise. That people praise you or they blame you and it still triggers you. If that is diminishing, if that is having less and less of an impact, you're making progress. It's progress, not, not perfection. Another one is how quick we, we are to forgive ourselves and others. Something happens. I mean, my teacher modeled for that for me beautifully and wonderfully. How, how uh, available are you to forgiveness? Is it part of your practice or it take you months to get there? Well, I'll, gr- I'll grind them up in my awareness for a little while longer and then I'll forgive them. Because it's just energy. But where are we going to put our energy? Where are we going to put our intention and attention? We more easily set aside, Michael, Dr. Michael says this, we more easily set aside our need to be right we actually begin to be grateful for those who may have hurt us because they, they reveal those areas where they still, we, we still cling and want to do some things our way in our stubbornness towards change. So they show up to wake us up and bless us, not to torture us. We also create space for others to be who they are without the need to rearrange, manipulate, or control them according to our design. We drop the notion that others have been created to fulfill us, to make us happy because we understand that no one is the cause of our happiness and that no one is the property of another person. Our gratitude increases towards those who stand by us throughout our growth process, which can be quite messy, and we become more vulnerable letting ourselves be seen as we are. It's true, it's scary when we have people in our lives that do prayer work with us and spiritual practice with us. little break, a little musical interlude. But, but it's, it's true that, that what a wonderful thing to have somebody spend time with us and unravel some of the, the things that we think are broken within us and that sacred space and that trust. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So Dr. Michael talks about the, the, transform, the transformation accelerator. <clears throat> there he is. 
One of my favorite pictures, that little Buddhist monk meditating. Meditation is one of the ways to accelerate our transformation. Quiet time, the practice last week of relaxing your jaw, giving yourself a blank screen, and shutting down the circuits. It's all, all is well. Oso said, the head as a slave is a beautiful slave of much utility. But as a master, it is a dangerous master. So our thinking, our small thinking, our egoic personality thinking cannot get us there. It's not time for one more good idea. It's actually time for that idea to come through us that will guide our intellect, but not to let our our intellect be our our master or our emotions. You've heard me tell the story of... uh, Robert Asagioli, and uh, amazing therapist and brilliant man, and he at one point in time said, I don't go where my emotions go. My emotions go where I decide them to go. I mean, that's awareness. That's consciousness. So the daily practice from last week was that practice I've been talking about, relaxing your jaw, closing your eyes, seeing a blank screen in your mind's eye, just shutting down the circuits, I heard that on the radio. I, I wish I'd caught his name. He was talking about working with elite athletes. And he would tell them throughout the day, maybe 15, 20 times a day, just close your eyes. Let your jaw drop. Relax. And just see a blank screen. Nothing to watch. Nothing to do. Just shut it all down. On a powerful, powerful impact it had on them. So they can function better. Because what happens if we let the computer run and run and run It gets worn out, it gets tired. We shut down the mainframe of our minds and reboot it. The last practice that was inspired by Dr. Michael and also by John O'Donohue is this idea of beauty. On this day of love, beauty. Beauty is all around us. O'Donohue says that we are so busy in life, moving from thing to, th- to thing to thing. He says, everywhere there is tenderness, care, and kindness, there is beauty. And so some pictures of beauty there. Beautiful waterfall, some landscapes. He says, beauty is not just a call to growth, it is a transforming presence wherein we unfold towards growth almost before we realize it. Our deepest self-knowledge unfolds as we are embraced by beauty. We are here created to be creators. At its deepest heart, creativity is meant to serve and invoke beauty. And when this desire and capacity comes alive, new wells spring up in parched ground. Difficulty becomes invitation. And rather than striving against the grain of our nature, we fall into rhythm with its deep urgency and passion. And the last piece I want to share with you from him today is a beautiful paragraph I think it's so true. On this day of a billion strong, on this day on a planet that sees so much confusion and chaos, what's the answer? Where war seems to be, you know, I, I mean, I look, at, I look at the use of resources and and I know that there's a, a, there's a mindset on the planet that, that the, the stronger the military can be, that assures safety. 
And wouldn't it be wonderful to have some visionary leadership that would say, you know, we have all this manpower. Why don't we take some of that manpower that's serving the country and it's great that these young men want to do that and I honor their service and commitment because that's what young men are. They want to be warriors and they want to stand for something. That's a beautiful... But what if all that manpower, more and more of it was put into uh, renewing of resources? You know, having them do some of the infrastructure work that needs to be done, the bridges that are falling apart, the pipelines that could be installed, the clean water that can be provided. So take that, so much of that energy that is put into protecting the status quo and realize I'm protecting us against what? So just a thought, just an idea. I haven't heard anybody in the the debates talk about that. It's all about how many more of these particular things we need to feel safe. I mean, we either make peace with this now and say, you know, I'm safe right now. This is it. My soul's eternal, and I'm having this experience, and I'm giving everything I got, and I want the best for everyone, because it's part of this journey of the evolved human being is service to life, service to spirit. But O'Donohue writes this, the human soul is hungry for beauty, and we don't even know it. We seek it everywhere, in landscape, music, art, clothes, furniture, gardening, companionship, love, religion, and in ourselves. No one would desire not to be beautiful. And when we experience the beautiful, there's a sense of homecoming. Isn't that true? When we walk in somewhere and it's beautiful, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm home. Some of our most wonderful memories are of beautiful places where we felt immediately at home. We feel almost alive in the presence of the beautiful for it meets the needs of our soul. For a while, the strains of struggle and endurance are relieved and our frailty is illuminated by a different light in which we come to glimpse behind the shutter of appearance the sure form of things. In the experience of beauty, we awaken and surrender in the same act. Beauty brings a sense of completion and sureness. Without any of the usual calculations, we can slip into the beautiful with the same ease as we slip into the seamless embrace of water. Not a great image. Been using that waterfall image from Abhijanya of John of God. You go into the waterfall, but you slip into the water. You slip into beauty just the same way. Something, something, something ease as we slip into the seamless embrace of water. Something ancient within us already trusts that this embrace will hold us. The times we live in are riven with anxiety and uncertainty given the global crisis. In the hearts of people, some natural ease has been broken. It is astonishing how this has reached deep into the heart. Our trust in the future has lost its innocence. We know now that anything can happen from one minute to the next. The traditional structures of shelter are shaking. Their foundations reveal to be no longer stone but sand. We are suddenly thrown back on ourselves. Politics, religion, and economics and the institution of family and community all have become abruptly unsure. At first, it sounds completely naive to suggest that now might be the time to invoke and awaken beauty. Yet this is exactly the claim that this book explores. Why? because there's nowhere else to turn. We got nowhere else to go. This frantic movement from idea and one fear to another to lack and limitation, here, here, here. It's not the answer. It is because we have so disastrously neglected the beautiful that we now find ourselves in such a terrible crisis. And so beauty is all around us. It's everywhere we look. It can be our practice to find beauty in the the mundane and the things that we're familiar with. 
to look in the face. You know, uh, when we look at, he writes in here a beautiful ch- a chapter about how a, a baby, a new baby, sees its mother's face, its image. And the mother, of course, smiles and, and, and mirrors the emotions of the baby, and that's how the baby learns how to, to relate. It's a beautiful thing. It's our first exposure with beautiful. For a baby, there's nothing more beautiful than the mother's face on this day of love. And there's nothing more beautiful than looking into the eyes of the beloved when you are having that experience. And we discount that at times. It can be so nourishing and refreshing. So practice for week two, along with dropping the jaw and seeing the, the, the blank slate. Let the beauty we love be what we do. There are hundreds of ways to kneel and kiss the ground, as Rumi said. Rumi wrote that centuries ago. The beautiful Sufi poet. Let the beauty we love be what we do. There are hundreds of ways to kneel and kiss the ground. What we refuse to attend to cannot reach us. If we're not available to love and beauty, it can't reach us. Open to love's beauty, to love beauty in your life. And when we open to beauty, the heart becomes rekindled and our lives brighten with unexpected courage. So once again, involution and evolution, our divine nature and our, and our opportunity to grow that and expand that. Improvement, change, and transformation. Transformation is limitless and vast. It's not based on the egoic nature, our will. Intention and attention. So what do we intend? And our, is our int- attention in alignment and congruent with that? Transformation, putting down the old ways of being, the egoic self, protecting, competition. The signs along the way, are we improving? Are we less triggered? Are we less uh, likely to blame? Meditation, to fast track and have those moments of quiet for ourselves to listen deeply and to find love, beauty in our lives. So it's a significant time that we live in on this planet. It's a time of a lot of powerful changes, a lot of things happening. And we can be part of the solution or we can continue to be part of the problem. But to have the awareness and clarity so when we see ideas that that restrict freedom and restrict aliveness for anyone, we have the opportunity then to be about our own spiritual practice to help create a new idea, a new field of awareness. As I said earlier, this, the prayer and the song that we do in this very room, there's enough love for the entire world. There's enough of us here to help make that shift and change. So I honor your love and your beauty this day, the gifts that you have inherently that you are developing and sharing upon this planet. It is a beautiful, powerful thing to behold. Blessings.